Growing Up Baby with Haley Zimak. If you're feeling overwhelmed, tired, stressed, and generally maxed out, there's a reason for that, and it's not you. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than all of us. I did end up feeling like a husk of a human. That's what we called me. I would end the day bleary-eyed, barely able to look at Rahul and, you know, if at all engage in a meaningful, positive way. They wanted to have me shift a little more into the kitchen space as well and learn how to do some basic dishes. And accepting that that was a skill that I didn't have and the one that I did not train myself for uh, at this age was very humbling. We're pretty typical, the gender division of labor. He does all the fixing and the yard work, shoveling and some of the laundry together and does like the dishwasher and I do, like I would do more of the meal preparation and like almost all of the grocery shopping. It crippled me and I, I there were days where I didn't get up, days where I, I, I wasn't concerned about feeding the kids, not because I wasn't concerned about them, but because I, I just didn't have it in me to get up and, and do anything. These voices belong to Canadian couples who are navigating parenting and all the societal rules and regulations that come with it. They're part of an excellent podcast called It's About Time, How Moms and Dads Can Share the Care. Jessica Pradezina, who contributed to the podcast, is a PhD student at the University of Victoria in BC. She focuses on gender equality in parenting relationships with mother-father couples. She's also written The Least Important Person in the Room, Father Involvement as a Critical Factor in Gender Equality. Congratulations on both, by the way. I'm sure no easy feat. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, uh, I wrote the article... Uh, which was published in an academic journal about two weeks after my baby was born, my first child. Uh, And we had to take him to the pediatrician as you do. And the pediatrician spoke to me and kind of addressed the baby. And then he was like, oh oh, yeah, and dad. And he, he said jokingly to my partner, you know, you're the least important person in the room. And that's really the attitude that I think a lot of dads who want to be involved fathers encounter most parenting programs, medical appointments, the the sort of resources that you want to access prenatal programs are mostly geared at moms. And there's this underlying message that the mother is the default parent. She's in charge. And at the end of the day, (laughs) she's the one ultimately responsible for the child. One of the big problems with that is that leaves dads out of getting really critical information for how to be a parent. Mm -hmm. This is something that starts when we're growing up, right? We live in a super gendered society um, and people get put in these groups of boys and girls. You probably remember from when you were going to school, right? Boys and girls, you know, all right, boys and girls, let's line up for the washroom. With that comes all kinds of expectations about behaviors. I don't know what it's like in your relationship, but my husband didn't have a lot of experience babysitting as an example, Mm -hmm. or, you know, caring for kids in any way before we had our own baby. And I hear regularly from dads who say, yeah, until I had my own kid, this was the first baby that I held. Um, Women's experience was often very different. We're sort of uh, brought up with the expectation that we're going to know how to take care of children. And when uh, a mother-father couple decides to bring a child into their family, it's really the woman who um, 
who bears responsibility for the planning, the organizing of the prenatal period and those critical early years with a child. If I can just jump in here. Oh, yeah, think, yeah. I think I am the exception to that rule because I was a very, you know, our, our baby was planned and everything like that, but I'm a little mm-hmm. bit older. I waited, you know, quite long. I wasn't sure. Whereas Ben, he grew up with nephews, you know, twin nephews that he, mm-hmm. he helped care for from, from day one. So I deferred a lot to him. I'll be honest. I was like, you know, how do we change a diaper? Um, <laughs> do we take his temperature? How do we do certain things? But having said that, because just going back to your initial story, what I think sparked your idea is going to the pediatrician and the pediatrician jokingly saying to to your partner, oh, you're the least important person in the room. I think as I've morphed and grown, I have taken on that more stereotypical role, not to say that Ben isn't amazing and and doesn't do everything um, equally as as I do, but I've seen how glaring that is. Even with the jokes, if if you go out, you know, with other mom friends or you're out and, and, you know, it's, oh, is dad babysitting tonight, right? Or, oh, you got a night off. And it's just so pervasive in our society, isn't it? That, yeah, mom does everything and dad doesn't. When in many relationships, that's not the case. And I don't think they get the credit that they deserve. Yeah. I mean, those are all great points. And I think what you're doing is distinguishing between social realities and expectations and an individual's experience. So your relationship might be functioning in one way because of all of these variables that you talked about, but we still can't escape the social expectations. Um, Generally speaking, if there's something up with a kid at school, they will pick up the phone and they will call the mom, right? The attitudes that we encounter and the realities that we have to live in, whatever may be going on in our individual lives, are still very... um, let's use the word maybe conservative or traditional around what moms are supposed to do and what dads are supposed to do. And moms really end up feeling this judgment, you know, if they're at the park and their kid is misbehaving, it's where's that kid's mom. Mm. Um, If the kid looking messy that day, you know, where's that kid's mom? If someone walks into the house and the house is a bit of a disaster, you know, where's the mom? Yeah. Um, And it is hard on people who want to do things differently, who want to have their relations set up, relationships set up in a different way. So in terms of this podcast, then it's called It's About Time. So we mentioned the traditional, more stereotypical gender roles that have been steeped in in years and years and and harking back to the days where women were the caregivers, you know, men, you could survive comfortably on one income, dad could go off to work and, and women could stay in the home. Well, it's it's 2022, <laughs> almost 2023. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about this conversation that we need to have and really examine the co-parenting structure, um, not only as society dictates, but in the reality that is even post-COVID-19, where we saw yes. what a hit and what an impact taking women out of the workforce did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, COVID was... Um early on in COVID before I had a baby was what really sparked my interest in um, studying gender equality and particularly father involvement, because what research was showing again and again is that when school and childcare closed and the kids came home, it was primarily mothers impacted. 
um, women academics started publishing way less, just as an example. Um, there were studies that, uh, you know, during COVID, moms were interrupted far more in their day than dads were. And this isn't because um, anybody's doing anything wrong. It's not because couples don't care about equality. It's because we live in a social reality where there are these certain expectations of moms and dads and certain expectations around what parenting relationships look like. Mm-hmm. And I realized just how hard it was on couples and dads in particular who want to do things differently. It really takes a lot of guts to make a change from, for example, the way that you were raised, the traditions that you were raised with, the gender expectations that you were raised with. So the podcast was an effort to look for people who had made that change, who said, you know what, this is not the kind of parenting relationship we want to have and we want to do something differently. And those are the Canadian couples that we, um, we chatted with and that we feature in the podcast. Yeah. So tell us about them. What, what sticks out in your mind? What learnings were there? What challenges were there? What successes were there? Because I also want to talk to you about if people are listening right now and they want to re-examine that structure, let's give them some tangible tips on how you can do that. We have all kinds of family structures in Canada. You can have queer families, families that are headed by grandparents, families that are headed by single dads or single moms. But the families that I look at are families where you have a mom and a dad who live together in one household. So it's just this configuration of family. And this is the configuration of family where gender equality is most often the issue. For the most part, couples don't just walk into an equal relationship. Everyone brings their stories with them and their histories with them when they decide to be a family. And when you decide to add kids to that family, parenting is one of the most heavily gendered activities that we'll ever participate in. So becoming aware, wait a minute, I have these expectations. I have this picture of what my family is going to look like. How are we going to get there? So I think what the couples that we heard from really did was realize that the picture of their family, the way that they were spending their time wasn't how they wanted it to be. And the problem really was that they had fallen into these very traditional gendered patterns and they had to find a way to do things differently. For the dads, there was a lot of humility, but what ends up happening is women often have a lot of expertise about household work and childcare. And men often get left out of those conversations when they're growing up. You know, their mom isn't teaching them how to do the laundry. Their dad isn't showing them how to wash the bathtub. So women are walking around with a lot of this expertise. And men who are able to successfully move into a more equal relationship end up taking responsibility. They say, hey, I missed this. And I can be humble enough to let my wife show me how to clean the toilet or how to, um, how to prepare, you know, we had one dad, you know, saying, you know, I'm a man in my thirties. It was very humbling to realize that I basically didn't know how to cook a meal. And so coming together in that way, I think for dads, especially was a big, big first step. Okay. What about for the moms? For me personally, we're renovating a house Ooh. that we just moved into. <laughs> 
And I'm realizing, okay, you know what? Yeah, I can hang pictures on the wall. I can do some very basic stuff, but I have learned so much about ripping up tracking and pulling out shelves and puttying walls. I totally missed these basic skills and now I'm learning them in my mid thirties, you know? So when you talk about it being humbling, it certainly is. I also find it really empowering too. Oh, for sure. Um, so what will often happen is when women step into um, what we call male coded activities, which is like renovating and working on the car, it's it's perceived as a very empowering thing. And it totally is. But men can often experience a kind of a feeling of threat when they step into female coded activities. Um, and so it's a, it can be harder for some men and some dads to get over that feeling of I'm doing a girly thing. Mm. And it sounds very third grade, but again and again, this is called gender threat. Again and again, research has shown that this is something that holds dads back from being the kind of dad that they really want to be and getting down there and changing the diapers and doing the kind of routine childcare that needs to happen. And a lot of the the routine housework that needs to happen. That's also a a big thing. Um, I think this picture we have of an involved father really involves being present in the lives of kids, right? In their daily lives and in their daily care. And I think much more now in the last couple of decades, men have really taken on that fatherhood role. But as you have probably noticed in your own parenting journey, when you get a kid in the house, the level of housework, it just increases phenomenally. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I I cannot, I cannot keep up at no, all. <laughs> no, I can't keep up either. And I, I was not prepared for that. Like my husband and I had so many conversations about being equal parents and sharing, you know, and I'm a gender equality researcher and father involvement researcher. He's unfortunately married to. And so he, you know, really learned a lot of these things about, uh, about parenting and childcare and infant development. And we never talked about the housework part. Felt like I walked in with this baby in my arms and then they're like, here's your baby and here's your mountain of laundry that will never go away. (laughs) For most of the couples that we talk to and each couple that we feature in the podcast, gender equality came about because of a crisis, because mom could no longer do what she was doing before. And sometimes it was a mental health crisis where the burden of carrying 90% of the housework and childcare was just too much. Mm -hmm. Um, So realizing that you don't have to do everything and that it's good enough to be good enough, that was a big leap for a lot of the moms. Because again, there's that judgment. You know, we need our kids to look a certain way. We need our house to look a certain way. Parenting is in some respects a performance. We need to be seen doing the kinds of things that good parents do. What Mm. does it mean to be a good mom? And what does it mean to be a good dad? We have inherited ideas about what this looks like. And for most of us, a deep need to show that we are good. I mean, what more important thing do we do in our lives when we decide to bring children into our family? The, uh, I, I feel the weight of this every day, you know, wanting to do right by my kid, wanting to do a good job and feeling like you're not, you're not doing it. It, it hurts. Mm-hmm. And moms really have to say, okay, I need to really look at the idea I have in my head of what it means to be a good mom and where I can let some things go. 
Totally. Well, and we don't want to get to the point where it takes, as you mentioned, a mental health crisis yes. or, you know, a irreversible breakdown in the relationship yeah. or, you know, insert any number of traumatic situations. So to really start, continue, finish at the end of the line, you know, ideally on this path to gender equality, could you summarize the the findings of your research, the information in your podcast, what can people do, you know, on a daily basis to work towards this? I think there can be a lot of shame when you feel like you're a woman and your relationship isn't reflecting the kind of equality that you hoped for. It's a hard thing. The first thing to do is realize that you're not alone. This feels like a really deep personal relationship problem to work out in therapy, and it might be. What is also really a social problem, um, There, this is has been researched to death. There's almost nothing new I can say on the topic that hasn't been said before so many times, um, that at the end of the day, in the vast majority of mother-father parenting relationships, the mom does quite a lot more than her husband. It's true across uh, socioeconomic levels. It's true across cultures. Uh, It's true whether or not the mom works more hours or whether or not she out-earns her partner. So you're not alone in this. This is is a reality that we've inherited. So now how are we going to take the story that we got and make it a new story and and do something different. A lot of couples get intimidated because they end up having the same fights over and over and the same conversations over and over, and they're not being productive, in part because they feel so deeply personal. Women often take on the task of what I call noticing and remembering. So it's noticing that the baby needs vaccinations, remembering to make that call, remembering to either take the baby or delegate the task. This kind of mental or cognitive load is often invisible um, and and not recognized, and and it feels unappreciated. So you have a lot of moms walking around feeling um, like they're doing a tremendous amount, and they can't explain to their partner all the invisible things that they do. Mm, Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that resonates with me. It's so hard to delegate those tasks because it's like you wake up in the morning with this spreadsheet in your head of all the things that need to happen and the order that they need to happen in. And either you've got to do them or you've got to delegate them and make sure it just, it feels like so much. Remember that you don't need to get to 100% to get things better. If I told you, you could have like a 20% raise at work, you would probably be pretty happy. (laughs) So... (laughs) Think about what you could do right away um, that would make things in your relationship 10% better. It might be having a more productive conversation about uh, what you hope your family will look like. What kind of values do you want to pass on to your children that you want to embody for them? How do you want to be spending your time? Um, One thing that can help is what gets called the miracle question. If you woke up tomorrow morning, and a miracle had happened, and equality was just oozing out of your household, what would be happening? What would you be doing? And who would be doing it? Again, it's really about time. How would you be spending your time? And then working backwards to think about how you can get there. Again, the research shows so much that fathers value their roles, like deeply and genuinely, and they want to be involved, loving fathers. And the only way to do that, really, you know, like, how do you get to know a baby? You spend a tremendous amount of time 
with your face in their face, changing their diapers mm-hmm. and feeding them. And, um, and what we've created a system in Canada and the United States and most of the Euro Western world where it's not possible for dads. Dads often make more money. So it doesn't make sense for the mom to stay home. You need the income. So the dad keeps working. And then that's why they feel or are put into quote, the least important person in the room, right? Which is so unfair. It's so unfair. And it leads to moms being burnt out and overwhelmed with these, um, what I'll call invisible tasks and dads looking around saying, I'm doing everything that you told me to do. So why is it still not equal around here? It's not equal around here because we don't live in an equal society. So we've just got to say, where do we want to be? And how can we do something small? What is the smallest thing that we can do to move us in the direction we want to go? And I think, yeah, having these conversations, consuming media and information that's beneficial. I'll give you a quick example. Um, So of course, you know, when you find out you're pregnant, you get various books, you go on website, you learn a ton, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Ben was super cute and he decided to order this book, this book for dads. Mm -hmm. And I have half a mind to write the quote unquote author because it is to me absolutely (laughs) disgusting. It's things like, hey, dad, it's time to put down the video games. You know, you got to help mom because her back might be sore or, Hey, you know, when the little tight comes, you know, it's going to have to involve a, B and C and it to me and to him as well. Like it is the most condescending, you know, like it just, it infuriates me the way it's written for dads who are just these dumb supplementary oafs who, you know, the man cave is now going to be a nursery, LOL. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know 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 what you mean. mean. It's infuriating. (laughs) It's infuriating to me as a mother and it's deeply insulting to men. Do you know what most men want? They want quality research-based information so that they can be excellent parents. They don't need they don't need everything to be framed in, you know, like sports metaphors and car metaphors. Yes. Oh my God. It was like hit a home run oh, when your baby yeah. got from the hospital on day one. Sorry, I don't know why I'm doing this voice, but I just imagine that's what Oh no, the like. voice is perfect. You keep thinking. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I can do you one better. I was going through um was part of my research, public health resources aimed at fathers preparing to bring a baby into their family. And A, all of the resources are aimed at straight dads in heterosexual relationships. So, so it's dad never means queer dad, which absolutely sucks because you're leaving out so many people. Yeah. And, and almost every like public health website in Canada, it's like, oh, here's the dad's corner. Like here's all the information that's aimed at the mom, which is everything. And then here's the dad's corner that talks about things like, when will we have sex again? And, um, and says things like, oh, if you help her with the housework, she'll be more likely to want to have sex with you. Oh my God. It's just bad for everybody. It's bad for everybody. It is just such a huge disservice to moms, dads, and the children as well, right? We don't want them growing up in a world where these stereotypes continue to be reinforced and and learned behavior. The first thing is to recognize that gender equality doesn't happen overnight. People don't just walk into Um, equal relationships. It's something that you have to create. And it starts by accepting. We live in a society that's designed to have moms do certain things and dads do certain things. So you've got to be brave. You've got to be brave and push back. And remembering it feels deeply personal, but this is not just you. This is not just you. Yeah, this is bigger than you. This is a societal expectation. Yeah, and it is something that, that can get better. 
It's really hard because that invisible mental load and the emotional load that women carry is very hard to put on a list, uh, like a checklist or a chore chart and, and delegate to someone else. So this is something that's just gonna be a lot of conversations. And if you can accept that, and if you can start slowly moving to where you want your family to be, you can absolutely make progress. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please download, subscribe, follow, and share. Conversations may be edited for length and clarity. The information, opinions, and recommendations in this podcast are for general informational purposes only. The information is not intended to replace or serve as a substitute for professional advice, consultation, or service. Until next time.